When I say can you dig it, put your two hands up like that. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by SilverScreenRoll.com. I am Christian Rivas, joined by Jacob Brood. Lakers had a game against the Nets that I assumed they were going to lose because it, even though James Harden wasn't healthy, Kevin Durant decided he was going to be healthy for that game. And even the, the day leading up to the game, Steve Nash had a comment about how Kevin Durant was going to ramp up his minutes uh, a little more because he was on a minute restriction, minutes restriction the game before. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant uh, against Dennis Schroeder, Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, Andre Drummond, whatever. It's a game I didn't even watch. One, because we celebrated my girlfriend's birthday, uh, but also because I, I didn't intend on watching the game. I check my phone in the third quarter, and I'm like, huh. It's a pretty close game. Check my phone in the fourth quarter, and the Lakers are up by a lot. Uh, I I think you also didn't watch the game live. So just w- talk me through the whole experience of finding out what the hell was going on with that game. Yeah, I uh, I was apartment hunting yesterday and just spending time with family and whatnot and I too especially considering the injury issues was like oh that'll be a loss I'm not too bothered to try to find the the game anywhere or anything I however didn't even check the score because I was like it's just going to be a loss (laughs) until this morning honestly Um, and I'd seen a little bit on Twitter I knew Drummond had went off um and I watched kind of the condensed version. It's NBA has like an all possessions recap. Are we calling this the Ben ba- Ben McLemore game? <laughs> I mean, it certainly feels like it should be. So after the game, Frank Vogel. I, I mean, after every game, he'll he'll single out a few players and talk about you know the the contributions they made to the win. And even he said it's kind of hard to single anybody out because everybody played so well. Like there was no way they they were gonna come away with that win, even with, within the context that Kyrie Irving was ejected and Dennis Schroeder was ejected, without everybody playing their best basketball, it was always gonna be a tough game for them to win. Uh, so yeah, I think you can call it the Ben McLemore game because he went Clay Thompson in in the I believe it was third quarter. Um, yeah, I was gonna say Frank Vogel may not want to single anybody out. Jacob Rood will. Uh, ben McLemore was incredible in that third quarter. Um, he went off. I mean, I I do understand to a degree his sentiment. There were a lot of guys that played well. Um, and, I mean, as a coach, he kind of has to say that. But, uh, no, I Ben McLemore just going bonkers was awesome. Um, really makes me excited for – the coming weeks and whatnot. Taylor Horton Tucker was awesome in the second half. Um, I thought there was kind of a, a maturity to his game. Cause there were a couple times when um, the nets were really 
aware of Ben McLemore coming off screens. Mm-hmm. And one time uh, THT faked the handoff and got an open dunk. A um, couple possessions later, Trez went to set a screen on McLemore and kind of slipped a screen. Two Nets defenders ran at McLemore and uh, Trez had the wide open dunk. So I thought there was a, a maturity. A lot of younger point guards might have forced the ball to McLemore because he's red hot. Yeah. Um, but he was aware of everything like you want a point guard to be. Um, again, it was another one of those times where I kind of had to remind myself he's 20 years old. Um has me wondering what the Lakers should do in the offseason at the point guard <laughs> spot, but we're we're a long way away from that. Yeah. Um, but no, there I mean, and we've we've gotten this far into the podcast. Not even mention Andre Drummond, who just he was bullying the Nets just repeatedly. Lamarcus Aldridge specifically. Yeah, I watched a lot of Andre Drummond film leading up to him signing and and the potential fit. And the overwhelming feeling I got from watching that film was if you're a team with a bad defensive center, I, I Andre Drummond is in, in a, an elite offensive talent by any means. But if you're a team with a bad center rotation and you're going up against a center as big, fast, and active as Andre Drummond is, it doesn't matter how good Andre Drummond is defensively because he's just going to bully the hell out of you. Like mm-hmm. he's going to make sure he's going to make you pay for every mistake you make on the defensive end because he's going to beat you to the rebound. And if you're flat footed, like LaMarcus Aldridge, I guess prior to yesterday, didn't realize how flat footed he was. He had some <laughs> weird quote after the game saying, I have to watch the film back. I can't believe how bad I was defensively. And it's like, yeah, I did. See that I'm like, sir, have you, did you not watch any film in San Antonio? This Every, is a- <laughs> you're the last person. I think that, that knows that this is where you are at this stage of your career. Um, I don't know what the Nets plan is going to be in the postseason. I imagine I mean, their best units probably feature Kevin Durant at center. Um, But, yeah, LaMarcus Aldridge at center, DeAndre Jordan at center was not it. Andre Drummond made him pay for it. 20 points, 11 rebounds, a plus 18 in the box score. Um, It was a good game from him. I admittedly have been a bit of an Andre Drummond skeptic, and, you know, that isn't going to change from one game. But this is an example of a team that he is extremely valuable against. And that's significant when you consider that most people consider this to be the matchup we see in the NBA Finals. Um, I also thought Frank Vogel had a, uh, a really interesting analysis of the game outside of the inside matchup, which I think most people would argue that's where the Lakers are going are gonna to win that series is with Anthony Davis and you know, now Andre Drummond that we, we've seen him play against the Nets. Uh, but the other thing he said is with a team like the Nets, it, this is a team that you need to come out right away and punch him in the mouth offensively. Like whether or not the shots fall, you need to be as aggressive as they are on offense, because if you're playing the level of defense that the Lakers play and you get your shots to fall early, it, it's curtains. And it wasn't like that throughout the game. Ben McLemore actually missed his first four three-pointers in the game. 
but if you keep shooting, uh, whether it's Ben McLemore, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Wesley Matthews, um, you know, if you keep shooting and you play defense at the level that the Lakers are, uh, number one in the NBA still, despite not having LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who would be, you know, uh, if health wasn't a factor, would probably be in one of my all defensive teams. For them to be number one in the NBA and accomplish everything they have is, is just nuts. And I was super impressed with the way they played. And uh, it, it just makes me excited to see this team when they're fully healthy. Yeah. First, I I saw it happen a little bit toward the end of last week. Um, Vogel does not get enough credit for how good of a defensive coach he is. Um, and the fact that this team, not just that they've been without LeBron and AD, which in its own right should be enough to just decimate a defense, but like some of the guys they do have, like right, Gasol hasn't been around for a good chunk of the year. He was, he is a good defender. Trez has really been their most consistently available big man. And he was certainly not good defensively. That was kind of the whole meltdown at the end of the year in uh, with the Clippers was his defense, um, defensive woes against Jokic. Um, I mean, some of the guards, Schroeder wasn't necessarily known for his defense. Um, Stuff like that. The fact that this team, they're first, they've been right up there at the top. There's been no slip whatsoever. Like, that is... That is wild. Like he Vogel needs a lot more credit um, for what he's been able to do defensively with this team. Um, I mean, we saw it last year. I'm really excited about what this team's going to be in a couple weeks when it sounds like AD is going to be back in like 10 days, two weeks, somewhere around there, hopefully. And LeBron's going to be following soon after. Um, man, you had those two who, as you said, honestly, both were probably, well, AD probably wasn't this year, but those are two all defensive talents. Mm-hmm. Um, you had that to a team that's already best in the league defensively. Um, that's what I was kind of thinking about watching some of the, the game, this Nets game was just like how good they look defensively and how much more they're going to be able to do when, LeBron and AD get back like um, these last two games. It's kind of, it's been kind of up and down this no LeBron AD stretch. I mean, honestly, as expected, there's honestly been more highs than I thought there were going to be. Oh, for sure. Um, And honestly, these last two games, the Miami game was super frustrating for the turnovers, but they fought super hard um, in that game. And then um, I mean, I, I thought after that game, like, awesome, we can build off this, the efforts there, if the efforts there, we can build off this. And then I saw the injury report for the Brooklyn game. And I was like, cool, we can build off of it next game, um, that they were able to follow it up with that performance. Um, that was a Nets team that was playing really well. They kicked the hell out of the Pelicans earlier in the week. Um, that's a really big win. And that's been a couple times now that they've gotten some confidence boosting wins without LeBron and AD. 
I'm really interested to see what that's going to do for the guys kind of mentally when LeBron and AD get back because they know now basically how much they can do, how good they are. Um, and you're adding two all NBA caliber players. Um, it's really exciting, but yeah, circling back to Drummond, um, it, it was interesting. I mean, I, I kind of made this comparison as well. A lot of people kind of compared them to Dwight and JaVale, kind of that role he's going to be filling. Um, in reality, I mean, maybe in terms of like rotation and minutes, but like he's kind of the anti-Dwight or JaVale. Like they really made their – or they were most valuable on the defensive end as rim protectors, and they were really nothing more than lob threats. Um offensively maybe some offensive rebounding from Dwight and whatnot like you mentioned Drummond can punish bad defenders like you can't just throw anybody out there on Drummond and like hide somebody on him because you can give him the ball and he will punish them like you potentially depending on your lineup could put a weaker defender on JaVale or Dwight and get away with it now they can just kind of run stuff and get Drummond isolated in the post and he will punish you. Um, because, I mean, honestly, that's what it happened last night. Like Aldridge is not a good defender. They kept going to him. He kept punishing them. And that was kind of a, a show of how good he can be offensively. I don't know how much we'll see that when Jave or excuse me, when LeBron and AD are back, but that it's there is encouraging. And, just kind of gives you another way, another weapon to get a couple buckets in the playoffs. Cause honestly, you're always looking for those types of points in the playoffs. Um, also, how mad do you think Detroit fans are? Like Drummond looked that good. Blake Griffin has looked incredible um, with Brooklyn. Like if I was a Pistons fan, I would be livid. <laughs> like I would probably just give up on the NBA this season. Yeah, I think they have to feel a, a little differently uh, with with both of those guys because Blake was just a straight up buyout. Andre Drummond, at least they got. I want to say a second round pick for maybe I, I, that. I mean, sure. I don't think they feel great about that trade. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm saying, at, at, at least the you got you got something in return for him. Uh, but generally speaking, yeah, I think. If you're a Detroit Pistons fan, you're thinking, what did we do to you? Like, how it, awful was Detroit for, <laughs> for you to just have all of the joy of playing basketball sucked out of you? They traded, and I'm Googling this to verify, Brandon Knight, who I do not believe, yeah, he's not in the NBA. John Henson was just signed to a 10-day and a 2023 second-round pick to Cleveland did traded that to Detroit for Drummond. Nice. I there there's also the fact that like you can go back and look I it would be around like 20 what 16 or so and you're looking at a Pistons team that had like Reggie Jackson, KCP, Tobias Harris, Drummond um, and Markeith Morris, who all are on contending teams, and they got nothing. I mean, the trade package they got for 
Drummond's really the only value they got for any of those guys. Like, it is – I didn't mean to start throwing shade at the Pistons, but uh, it has to be rough being a Pistons fan right now because um, none of those guys are – to get nothing for all those – like, the Lakers have gotten huge uh, – production on a KCP, obviously. Keefe has been one of the best buyout guys of all time, really. Um, Drummond now, even Blake, like, good Lord, it is rough. Yeah, that that's my bullying the Pistons segment of tonight. It's hilarious because uh, so the 2015-16 Pistons had uh, Reggie Jackson, Andre Drummond, Tobias Harris, Mark Keith, Marcus Morris, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Of those five players who averaged the most minutes per game on that Pistons team, two of them are on the Lakers and two of them are on the Clippers. That's hilarious. Yeah, and then Tobias is having the best season of his career <laughs> in Philly. Uh, Pistons slander aside, um, I think, <laughs> yeah, uh, Andre Drummond's – it's weird because I agree that Andre Drummond's impact is going to be felt most on offense which is crazy when you consider that he's not a great post player. Like for as big as he is, the the buckets he's going to get in the posts are are, are going to be as a result of playing guys that are either bad defenders or just too small to play against him. Uh, even in like the three games he's played, it seems the bulk of his offense in the post is him just throwing up shots and hoping they go in. Like there's very little uh, there's not a ton of method to the madness. I don't feel, uh, but I think that's that his value on offense is only going to be maximized when LeBron James and Anthony Davis get back. And, and it's not even LeBron and AD throwing the ball to the post to Drummond. I think Vogel was a smarter coach than that, but you know, if you're a team in, in, an, in a pick and roll situation and your main two priorities are cutting off, one of LeBron James and Anthony Davis's cut to the basket. You have Andre Drummond just waiting in in the center, uh, you know, trying to force his way into an advantageous position in the paint. Andre Drummond is usually going to win those battles, and he's usually going to be open under the basket. That's the thing I'm most excited to see, uh, and you know what the guys that don't play as a Result of him looking good, I think, becomes less of a problem if he actually looks really, really good. And um, outside of that, that's really my only complaint with Drummond is that if he's playing these 25, 30-minute-per-night stints, you know, what does that mean for Marcus Gasol, Wesley Matthews, Markeith Morris, Taylor Horton-Tucker, guys that were, um, again, I've said, I've said this before, but guys that were, that were fringe rotation players before LeBron James and Anthony Davis got here. This team is really, really, really deep. Uh, and I think, you know, adding a guy like Andre Drummond in the buyout market only makes minutes harder to come by. Uh, you know, that's a given. But I think for the first time since the Lakers have been championship contenders again, we're seeing the, I guess, consequences of, of having a, a team as deep as, as they are. Yeah, I mean, since the last time we've talked, the whole Mark Gasol saga has went all over the place. Um, 
sounds like he's bought in. Um, he certainly, I mean, the he couldn't have said any stronger comments about being bought in, even if it came one night after it sounded like he was bought about ready to be bought out. Um, he he's injured, obviously, right now, so it's not really an issue. That's kind of what I've mentioned as well. Like injuries have been so wild this year that the Lakers have been really lucky to have such a deep roster. Um, but knock on wood, everybody's going to get healthy here soon. And it's going to, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we saw it at times at the beginning of the year, Markeith Morris really wasn't even playing. Um, and I remember at one point, Frank Vogel told him he was going to be sitting him a bit so that they could get a longer look at Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, Markeith Morris in late from late January, um, there was a seven game stretch where he didn't play in five of the games um, and stuff like that, where the season's been so long that you kind of forget about that. Um, so it's going to be interesting, certainly to see how uh, see how this is all handled. Again, knock on wood, everybody's going to get healthy. It certainly gives the Lakers lots of looks. They can throw at teams. It's given Vogel lots of opportunity to see different things. Um, I'm sure he would like to see them with LeBron and AD, but we saw last year how he kind of tries out different things, kind of indexes that and he'll go back to it in the playoffs, which I think is something that's very important to remember. Um, there, especially like with Drummond, he's kind of got a bit of a a bit of a an idea of how Gasol plays with the starters and whatnot. Now he wants an idea of how Drummond plays with them, um, and then once the time comes, he'll make be able to make a decision based on evidence, stuff like that. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he continues to use guys. But, yeah, I mean, there aren't many rosters where every non-two-way guy is able to come in and contribute. Yeah. Um, Like, I, I bring them up a lot, but I cover the Pelicans as well, and they are having a huge injury crisis right now. And even then – uh, a guy like Winyan Gabriel still isn't able to contribute. Um, they're instead playing two centers, um, stuff like that. So it is incredibly, incredibly rare to have a roster this deep that can contribute. Um, so don't take it for granted, Laker fans. Um, but uh, yeah, it's going to certainly give a lot of interesting ideas. Like I, I was watching Ben McLemore last night, well, Saturday, um, it'll be interesting to see what he does, what Vogel does when LeBron comes back. Cause I could certainly see some KCP Ben McLemore lineups where you have shooters coming off screens on either side, uh, maybe Drummond and AD out there or something. And suddenly you have a lot of bodies you have to account for. You have to make sure you're covering guys off screens and covering guys that are rolling um, stuff like that. So certainly going to be really interesting to see how this team kind of balances everything out. But honestly, there are few guys, if any, I would trust more being able to handle that than Vogel because he did 
he's done a great job of it. He did a great job of it last year and he pushed all the right buttons and he knew when he had to go to certain lineups and when he had to abandon lineups. So I kind of fully trust him in that regard. That's the crazy thing is, you know, for all the talk about Gasol and Drummond and that center rotation, if Ben McLemore is for real, which, you know, to be determined, he looked really good against the Nets. If Ben McLemore is for real and, and deserves minutes, you're looking at a guard rotation of Alex Caruso, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Dennis Schroeder, Ben McLemore, Wesley Matthews, and Taylor Horton Tucker, seven guys who I think could all play minutes for any team uh, in, in the postseason. That is crazy. Like, again, Wesley Matthews, Frank Vogel had a conversation with Wesley Matthews and Marquise Moritz before LeBron James and Anthony Davis got injured saying, hey, you guys probably aren't going to be in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Taylor Horton Tucker has only gotten better since then. Marquise Morris has solidified himself in the rotation, in my opinion. Uh, I think he's played really, really well with with Anthony Davis out. And, you know, I think Wesley, if, if there's one guy I think probably won't get his minutes back uh, as a result of Ben McLemore, like, being better, it, it is probably Wesley Matthews. Yeah. Uh, not because I don't think Wesley Matthews has played badly in the absence of LeBron and AD. I actually think he's looked a lot better than he did at the start of the season. Um, but if if he's going to knock – if Ben McLemore is going to knock down three-pointers on a more consistent basis, I think you take whatever you lose with him defensively uh, – McLemore, that is – and, and what Wesley Matthews brings you offensively and, and just trust that, you know, the tested formula of putting LeBron James and, and pairing him with shooters works out in the end. The uh, At this point, I feel like Vogel could put about anybody on the court and they'd be a good defender. <laughs> so uh, maybe, we, maybe we can have him do the real tests and throw you and I out there and see how far the – the defense falls spoiler (laughs) very far, but uh, I mean, I thought Macklemore competed well defensively last night too. Um, That's a big thing is all these guys come in and like immediately are competing and like giving effort defensively. I don't know if it's like a culture thing. I don't know if it's how Vogel preaches it. Um, I'd be kind of interested to get an idea of how that, kind of comes about because there's definitely an energy level um it's almost like guys don't want to be the one to blow a defensive assignment um they don't want to be the one that screws up so they're kind of flying around always aware of where people are um and when you have a a mindset like that especially defensively like good luck like you and and you can get away like if you um, if you misread something or make a mistake, if you have effort and hustle back, you can make up for that even still. And there were a couple times that happened last night where um, somebody got left open and uh, whoever it was would close down quickly and be able to come up with a loose ball or something. So I'm, I'd be interested to see kind of where that mindset comes from because um I mean, now we're seeing Drummond, McLemore. Um, everybody that comes in seems to have that mindset. But, yeah, 
if this Macklemore thing is real, which again, knock on wood, it's been a whole two games. It's definitely West Matthews minutes who are going to go down. Um, kind of stinks because I was really excited about West Matthews, but he's really struggled offensively this year. Um, and I think more than anything, the Lakers are going to value shooting um, because, as you said, put shooters next to LeBron and you win. It's basically how his career has went. So if it's a decision between Macklemore and Wes Matthews, it's pro- Macklemore's probably going to win this season. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about the rest of the Western Conference and where the Lakers fit in it. Uh, so sat- Saturday night was a good night for the Lakers. Sunday night was an equally good night for the Lakers, even though they didn't play. Uh, the Nuggets lost to the Celtics. The uh, Portland Trailblazers lost to the Miami Heat. And the Spurs beat the Dallas Mavericks, which means the Lakers are sitting as comfy as you possibly could be without LeBron James and Anthony Davis at the number five seed. 1.5 games separate them uh, from the number six seed Portland Trailblazers and only a game separating them from the number four seed Denver Nuggets. Um, you know, it, it's a little hard to talk about playoff productions right now, which is crazy when you consider where we are in the season. Like it's April playoffs are going to start in May, late May, I believe. Uh, I believe early, yeah, uh, mid-May. The set, the sixteenth is the Lakers' last game. So it's coming up pretty quickly here. Uh, I I think the reason it's hard to predict for the Lakers is because the team hasn't. LeBron James and Anthony Davis haven't been healthy in a pretty long time, and their pieces, their teams that in the Western Conference that added pieces at the at the trade deadline, most notably with the Nuggets and Aaron Gordon, uh, the Trailblazers uh, with Norman Powell, and the Clippers with Rajon Rondo, which of all those moves, I think, you know, Rondo's the one you're a little more, you're the most afraid of because all due respect to uh, Norman Powell and, and Aaron Gordon, Rondo wins you championships. It's, it's that simple. Playoff Rondo is, you know, the, maybe the third greatest point guard of all time behind Magic Johnson and Steph Curry. <laughs> oh, well, I thought you were going to. Uh, he played the Suns the other night, and on the list of the five greatest point guards, you have to put national TV Rondo, playoff Rondo, and Rondo <laughs> versus Chris Paul. Chris Paul, yeah. yeah. And you got – you doubled it up in uh, – on I don't know what night it was Thursday maybe it was national TV Rondo against Chris Paul so he had a hell of a game I'm still waiting I don't it it almost certainly won't happen in the first round but I need a Rondo Chris Paul playoff series <laughs> how many yeah. times do you think those two guys would be ejected in the seven game oh, series n- neither of them would play the Suns yeah, it, would get eliminated in the second round because Chris yeah. Paul wouldn't play. I would put the over under at 1.5 and I would take, man, I would, I would have to think about taking the over. Like there was a, like Rondo stared him down during the, or at the end of that, uh, that game on earlier this week or last week, I guess, when you're listening to this, um, 
and it's a mid-April game. Like that man despises Chris Paul. He called I would, him number three on the Suns. Oh yeah, I forgot about that post game. He said number three called out a play. He won't even call him by his name. Uh, that's absolutely incredible. Yeah, they're the the Suns are the two seed. The Clippers are the three seed. That probably won't happen. That matchup in the first round, but a two three matchup in the second round. I am absolutely here for it. I want to see Rondo against Chris Paul so bad in the playoffs. I I still I don't know what to think of the Rondo acquisition for the Clippers. I don't think he really solves all their problems, but I mean, Lord knows when you have playoff Rondo, like anything's possible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if the playoffs ended today, unfortunately, the the Suns and Clippers would not be playing in the first round as they are seated uh, two and three respectively. But um, to the Jazz would play the Grizzlies in a non-play in format, uh, assuming seven and eight go chalk, they win their playing games. And, and those are the seven, eight seeds jazz play the Grizzlies Suns would play the Mavericks Clippers would play the trailblazers. And then you have nuggets Lakers. Um, that, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. That would be a real tough first round matchup for the Lakers. But I, I, I don't know if it's just because the Lakers beat the Nets on Saturday but with the <laughs> level of defense that the Lakers play and the caliber of players that LeBron James and Anthony Davis are offensively, I don't know, man. I My emotions with this team started off very high. And I don't want to say they plummeted midway through the season when everybody got hurt and you know, the possibility of LeBron James and Anthony Davis not having enough time to ramp up before the postseason. Those are all thoughts that have entered my mind. Even within that context, I don't know how many teams, if any, I am taking in a seven-game series over LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and, you know, now you add a player with high upside in Andre Drummond, who, again, not the most talented offensive player this this league has ever seen it's particularly not at the center position uh but gives the lakers a little higher ceiling just because of the uniqueness of his style of play like there aren't many centers that are as big and fast uh and and active as drummond is so i don't know i don't know where you're at right now uh i the Nuggets are good. I think adding Aaron Gordon was a great get for them. And Michael Porter Jr. is enjoying a really, really good stretch of basketball right now. The Jazz have been great all season, as have the Suns. And it seems like the Clippers are slowly starting to figure things out. Um, when it comes to the top half of the Western Conference, which is made up by those four teams, how do you feel the Lakers match up with them? Uh, the Nuggets would be the team I least want to play. Um, I already thought they were probably the second best team when it'll come to the playoffs, even before getting Aaron Gordon. I haven't got a chance to watch them with Aaron Gordon, but I've seen my timeline every time they play, and it sounds really, really both really good and really terrifying for the Lakers. So, um, that would be an absolute nightmare first-round matchup. 
Um, because if you win that, then based on where they currently are, they'd play the Nuggets, the Jazz, and then most likely the Clippers. Like there's honestly, those are the three best teams in the Western Conference. That'd be a nightmare run. Um, ideally, they would get up to like the three seed and face probably Portland. Um, I mean, of the most likely matchups, I don't know that I see them getting up to the two seed. Um, I just don't think they'll have enough games to do it. So I don't see them playing Dallas or Memphis or San Antonio or Golden State or the Pelicans, whoever make those seven, eight seeds. Uh, outside of that, once you get a little deeper, I'm, uh, I mean, this feels like it's set up for old takes exposed. I'm not too worried about the Suns. Um, that's still a pretty young group that hasn't really gone through the playoffs before. I still, I'm not worried about the Jazz. <laughs> like that's that's a feeling I think every Lakers fan has. It's <clears> like <throat> until Rudy Gobert could prove he can guard Anthony Davis, and that's just we have Andre Drummond now. Guard mm. Anthony Davis first. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll we'll, ha- we'll start a dialogue. Until then, it, it's a it's a non-starter for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was Kevin Durant who said, talking about the Defensive Player of the Year award and how it is kind of a bogus award because he didn't say it directly, but he said they keep giving the award to guys who can get played off the floor in the playoffs. <laughs> That I mean, Rudy Gobert was the only one who had won it the last couple of years. So um, they have failed in the playoffs too many times for me to worry about them. Win something in the playoffs first, and I will get worried. Um, again, please don't clip any of this. Just let me live in peace. Uh, the Clippers, yeah, I mean, PG and Kawhi are – about the worst type of matchup for the Lakers because they just don't really have a lot of wing defenders. Um, outside of that, I don't really know. I I don't think they're as deep as they were last year, and that was another, I think, one of their strengths. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Nuggets scare me the most. Honestly, it's probably like the reverse order of the top four. The Nuggets are the most, then the Clippers, then the Suns, and the Jazz. <laughs> I would really – I really don't want to play the Nuggets in the first round. I hadn't really looked at the playoff seedings. I went a long time thinking that's kind of pointless to look at them because uh, it was still early in the season, and around the time I would start caring, we lost LeBron and AD, and then it was like, I'm not going to look at them because I'll just get depressed about where the Lakers are. So I hadn't realized – that we're basically almost guaranteed one of the three, four, five seeds, maybe six. I don't think Portland will get back in that race. So uh, all these injuries are going to probably create a pretty tough first-round opponent. Um, I just hope one of us or Denver or both of us start playing better and move up the uh, standings because I really – Really, that would st- the two Western Conference finalist teams that got better meeting in the first round would be rough. Yeah, would, I'm not gonna lie to you, that would suck. That no. would suck a lot. Yeah, 
Um, and I think you can clip me if you'd like on this. I don't even know if the Lakers get back to like the three seed. I don't know if there's enough time. Um, it's only three games. I uh, I don't know if they have a game against the Clippers. When they do, yeah. Well, would it be when LeBron and AD would be back at least? Um, but I mean, I could see them making up three games on the Clippers. LeBron and AD should be back. It's May sixth. Um, but if they don't, it's for it's guaranteed. Uh, like Lakers not get to that point. It's either four five or five four in, in the in the Lakers' eyes. Now, Jacob, I would hate that. I would be that. That would be what everybody thought the Rocket series was going to be last year for me. So my thing would be, we're also assuming, I think the Nuggets are going to move up the the standings hmm. regardless if the Lakers do. Okay. So, I, and, you're, and you could very much be right, but that means instead of a Lakers-Nuggets first round, we're looking at a Lakers-Clippers first round. Um, I, I think I prefer Lakers-Clippers first round, if we're being honest. I would prefer it, but it'd be the lesser of two evils. I wouldn't like it either. Right. Again, the matchup that should have been the Western Conference Finals, we got there. Where were you at, Clippers? Um, the only way be- we're going to get it is if you see them in the first two rounds. <laughs> there you go. So, see, that's what this whole year was about. Finally get the Clippers, can hopefully beat them, and then just have trash talk on them the whole time. But, yeah, I mean – the injuries were already unfortunate enough and it's kind of put us in a position where we're going to probably have to play a, a pretty tough team in this first round. Um, I, I don't know what, what the listeners think. I think the nuggets would be a terrifying matchup. Um, I mean, they, you saw how much they struggled to defend Jokic and they've added a lot of really good pieces around him. So I would prefer the Clippers. I can't believe I'm saying that because coming into the season, they were probably them and the Nuggets were probably the two teams that scared me the most. So it's awesome that we're almost guaranteed to play one of them in the first round. No, I I disagree. I think it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Sorry, you didn't hear the sarcasm in my voice. No, no, no. I, I, I got it. <laughs> um, that'll do it for our show this week. Um, a month from now. We will be talking about playoff series potentially, which is nuts. What do I mean? Somebody pointed out, I think it was maybe Zach Lowe on his latest podcast that in a non-COVID world, we'd be getting ready for the playoffs right now. Yeah. Um, so it's a weird. I've certainly <laughs> Anthony and I certainly made our thoughts known on this season on a podcast before, but uh it, it month away it still seems wild but hopefully lebron and ad have time to get back and get themselves right before uh before the playoffs roll around things are looking up not just for the lakers and or the nba but the world as a whole it seems fans will be back at staples center for the first time since March of last year on April 15th against the Celtics. That is crazy. Uh, and on the last day of the regular season, the Lakers are going to be lifting their championship banner. Uh, so looks like brighter days are ahead. I hope everybody out there is staying safe uh, and doing what you can so we can get all out of this and, and be together again. That is our show for this week. We will 
catch you all again uh, next week.